Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. I'm Veronica Daschle. I'm Elaine Swetman. And I'm Charles Kelso. And we're too busy monkeying around to put anybody down. Welcome back to Monkeying Around. This week, we have Derek Miner with us. Hello, Derek. Hello. So, Chuck, what's happening in the world of the monkeys today? Uh, a few things. Um, one thing that we haven't mentioned yet that's pretty exciting for us is that Mickey is going to be at FabFest, the Charlotte Beatles Festival, coming up July 22nd to 23rd. He's doing a show there. Yep. And I know that he's doing a show, I believe it's the night before that in Raleigh. And then he'll be at FabFest that Saturday. And so if anyone's in the neighborhood of, of Charlotte uh, that weekend, July 22nd to 23rd, I know we're going. Yep. I'll be here. Yep. We're going to see the Fab Four that Friday, and then we're going to see Mickey on Saturday, and it should be a good time. Yeah. I haven't tried to like keep up with everywhere Mickey is because Mickey's like He's all over the it. place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, keep him busy. You'd have to have like a website to track him. <laughs> um, also, we've got, uh, I, I was going to say a new release, but really it's a, a re release of Davy Jones' book, Daydream Believe In, which I think is like the expanded version of um, They Made a Monkey Out of Me. I think it started off as they made a monkey out of me. And then um, he sort of redid that a bit, uh, a bit later. And then now it's coming out though in, in hardback. Yeah, we got ours arrived um, a couple of days ago and it is really pretty. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of those books you get and it's a little bit bigger than you thought it was going to be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we haven't started digging into that yet. But if you I mean, if you listen to this, you like Davy Jones. So why not just go to Amazon and and, and order Daydream Believing? You know, yeah. I mean, it's going to be full of stuff you like. And we mentioned Love is Understanding, um, Life and Times of Peter Tork and the Monkeys. That arrived at the same time Daydream Believing did. And it's it's really nice and pretty as well. Like we mm-hmm. got the hardcovers. Um, and it's not the hardcovers are have like the print on them. So it's not like a plat one of those terrible sleeve things get torn up. So the actual cover is the cover. Um, no extra stuff needed, thank goodness, because I hate cover sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> they do nothing but get in the way, and you're like, oh no, I tore up this thing that is the pretty cover to my book. You don't use it as a bookmark? <sighs> no. <laughs> I don't. They get tucked away in a bookshelf somewhere, and then, right. yeah. I always end up taking the cover off, thinking that I'll mess it up while I'm reading the book, and then I forget to put it back on, and it winds up, like, crumpled somewhere, and I'll find it yes. later. Yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but then also something that sort of slipped out this week, uh, it hasn't been officially announced yet by 7A, but Deep Discount has a listing now for Demoiselle on 180 gram red vinyl, and they have a release date for it here. Now, don't take this to the bank yet, because um, we're still waiting for the official announcement from 7A, but they have it listed with a release date of August the 12th, 2022. So, uh, Elaine, you called that. It's uh, They're making me buy one of these every single month. I know. I told you that would be the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn doesn't care how often I get paid. He's just going to keep on putting out these awesome reissues of Monkey Solo albums. He knows he's got me. He knows I'll buy every one of them. I expect that by the time this episode comes out in about a week or so, the official announcement will have come out and it'll already be out of date. So if you're listening to this, go check out the 7A website and socials because they probably will have had a great big announcement with more information than what I just said. All right. And I think that's that wraps up everything that's happening in the world of monkeys. Awesome. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll be talking with Derek to find out more about him. Hey, hey, everyone. This is Monkey from the YouTube channel Cutout Bin, and I need your help. 
1967, the Monkees won control of their musical destiny, but did you know they replaced some of the songs in their show with newer ones as well? And in 1969, when the Monkees were swinging over to CBS Saturday mornings, they wanted a more contemporary sound, resulting in more songs being swapped for new ones. Unfortunately, many of these versions were never shown again and are considered lost media. But Monkees fans never give up. We're calling on anyone who may have tape-recorded episodes or even collected film prints. We know some of these episodes were seen in the United Kingdom and Japan. They could be in other countries as well. Do you remember any of these songs from episodes of the Monkees? Well then email us at lostmonkeys at gmail.com. That's L-O-S-T-M-O-N-K-E-E-S at gmail.com. All right, welcome back to Monkeying Around. So we are talking with Derek Miner. Derek, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, guys. Nice to see you and nice to meet you, Elaine. Uh, I met you guys in Nashville at the Coco Dolan's uh, birthday celebration. That was very nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool that we can say like, yeah, we met at Coco Dolan's birthday. Yeah, <laughs> that, <laughs> that's true. We're all really cool people. We hang out at these kind of parties. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So, uh, yeah, it's good to run into people like uh, I, I'm in Atlanta. You guys in Atlanta, so it was kind of cool to just meet someone who also had traveled up there to uh, to the show and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, so, and I've really been enjoying your show now that I, you you told me about it when we were there, and I've uh, listened. Now I've got the whole backlog, listened to all the episodes. Awesome. Yay! Thank you. It's uh, very enjoyable. Great. Uh, so, and uh, from from what I've heard, I know that uh, I'm probably I'm right around the same age as Elaine. Okay. Uh, I, I got into the monkeys. Because kind of like you, Charles, I was listening to a lot of oldies when I was a kid. So like I got into the Beatles like when I was like four, probably. So <laughs> I was like, I was like just obsessed with that. And then I don't know how I found out about the monkeys, but it was definitely from seeing the TV show. So once my parents knew that I was into that, like my dad had given me his Beatles albums and he had the first three monkeys albums. So he gave me those as well. Oh, wow. And then, so this was like a few years just before the big reintroduction through the MTV thing. So it was like, at that time, it was fun. It was interesting because uh, there were really only a few things you could get. Uh, Rhino had put out a couple of things. They had done the uh, picture disc album uh, and the monkey flips when they kind of decided these were like extensions of the greatest hits series. So it was like mm -hmm. volumes three and volume four, they said of the greatest hits albums that Eris had already done. Uh, so, and then there was a two disc set a two LP set out of Australia called monkey mania. Mm. That was cool. one of the, yeah, it was one of the first uh, collections that really had a lot of like obscurities and uh, they, it was the first time anybody had the recordings of like steam engine and love to love, uh, which were of gray market, <laughs> uh, at the time but they still were on an official label out of out of australia uh so that was the that was the background of what i had and was into and then the mtv thing happened and then like all the stuff started coming out again so it was uh good to kind of be in that you know this was something i was into and now there was like more stuff coming out you know um and there were like books and magazines and things like that and uh kind of related to like the things that I ended up doing later on was that uh, 
always found like there were a lot of mysteries involved with the monkeys, you know, mm. like just watching the shows. Uh, I would see like I, I was the kind of kid who I don't know why this, but I would wonder like, hey, wait, look, how did they do that? Like the opening of the show has these scenes that are in like the later episodes. How did that happen? <laughs> and like and then like looking in these books that they were putting out and they had like a log of like recordings and things like that. And I was like, it was interesting kind of seeing like a sort of chronology of when they put things together, but also then the same thing with some of the shows you're like, oh, how did this, how did, why is this song that was in uh, like an early episode on like their last album? Like, you know, and so like kind of all these things that I found out later on through the years that I, that uh, like the way that the whole monkeys project worked out, you know, and that they revised the episode, which was like a surprise. And then, you know, like, found out like oh there there was that intro for the second season and then all these years later most of the episodes were just changed so that you had that intro on every episode not just the second season episodes <laughs> so it was like I, I was always into that kind of stuff and then they started going into the 90s we had cds coming out and so they put out this big box set rhino put out the listen to the band box set 1991 mm -hmm. which was like like just fascinating to me and they remixed some of the songs and they had very extensive liner notes about the whole history and things that they'd done and songs that never heard before so it's kind of like just following on that path is something that just I, I'm like detail person, like <laughs> the Beatles recording sessions is like, like a big, huge book for me. And so like seeing like what Andrew Sandoval has been doing, putting out some of the same kind of stuff for the monkeys has just been like totally up my alley. So fascinating. It really is. And, and the monkeys, I mean, it seems like the more I find out about the monkeys, the more questions I have and the more <laughs> songs I hear, the more songs there are to hear. Like, yep. like yep. they keep coming. There's like more and more and more like how much is there? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, they, they, it's, Content it's funny. Content is never ending. Yeah. Content is never ending. I mean, <laughs> just when you think that they've scraped the bottom of the barrel, so to speak, about what they have in the vaults, it's like stuff does keep turning up. I mean, it's questionable whether or not like things like, um, I, I never knew you had it in you, Sally, if you're familiar <laughs> with that recording. Yeah. Like if that was on a 45 only that they said they, they put out in 2007 mm. with um, it's a questionable like, hey, is that like something that you're really into? But I mean, they it, things like that will turn up. And I know that things have turned up that um, there were th there were a couple of uh, mixes that uh, were played during the intermission in the uh, the shows this mm -hmm. summer that uh or earlier this year sorry i guess it was spring so the mickey the mickey celebrates the monkeys and then uh, of course you saw all the stuff that was on the screen that andrew's also cultivated you know mm -hmm. so it's like as long as he keeps doing research they'll keep turning stuff up i mean i, I wish i had the count in front of me but you said like how much stuff is there <laughs> i know that in the, the there i kind of work with uh craig smith and we're working on a project that's like a disc discography but with analyzing all the audio of the songs and he's got a, a monkey's mixography with a very basic kind of list of the versions. And so there'd be a count on there, of like how many songs there are. Yeah. I said that joking. I forgot I'm talking to someone who might know the answer. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have it in front of me, but it was worth the, Yeah. I see what you, yeah. I, I kind of, <laughs> when we met in uh, Nashville. Yes. At Cocodon's birthday and you had your monkey with you. Yes. And you were telling us about um, Cutout Bin, which is your YouTube channel. 
Yes. And it, it really appealed to us because for one, we were bringing the monkeys, but also we're puppeteers. And so the fact that you've got this miniature sort of monkeys fan set with a little monkey that is sort of the the, the host of your show was really fascinating to me. Yes. So, so oh, cool. Tell, tell folks what the, the cutout bin is all about. So I had a couple ideas of things that I wanted to do uh, as videos and probably do it on YouTube and something. And I, I, you know, the old saying, it's like face for radio. I just did not want to appear in video. So I did not want to have a talking head. And I also didn't want to have like a lot of YouTube videos you find are just like stock clips or they keep showing clips of something and they repeat them over and over again. So it gets a little repetitive. Mm. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of find a balance and I wanted to put something that was like a, a host. So I, I had this idea and it actually took a lot longer to kind of put together than I'd, I'd hoped, but I thought like, okay, well, let me get like a mini puppet monkey. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just wanted a little, uh, like a, like a monkey doll even or something or a stuffed monkey. And, then I would make a set and put him on the set <laughs> and that would, so I just would shoot him at different angles and close up and back. Right. You know? And so I was like, okay, this is my host for these monkeys related videos. I, I, I want to do more videos that are not just monkeys. So I would have something else for that. I have a, I, my idea for that was to do like a bobblehead of oh, myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can That'd see that in like, it's, it's in the, um, like it's in the intro image. video. Oh Yeah. There's a first there's a first video I made for the channel that was kind of like I'm here and the monkeys monkeys here and um but I haven't really gotten a chance to do much that isn't monkeys related for the channel yet but okay. uh, the, the 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 magnum opus so to speak of what I wanted to put together that I just had in my mind for the longest time was to kind of go into that uh, changing of the episodes that I was talking about where some people know more about like the fact that like during the summer of 1967, when the monkeys went into reruns after the first season, they put songs from headquarters into the, into the episodes to kind of like update them since they mm -hmm. had just kind of gotten that control over their music. And it was like already like nine months later, the songs that were originally in the shows were sort of out of date and they were right. they, they were going to sell a new record. So why not put the new song in? Mm -hmm. uh, but then the thing is like, you know, the MTV generation people would be very familiar that a couple of the episodes uh, in that, in that run had songs that were, they had steam engine that was in the monkeys on tour episode mm -hmm. and uh, midnight train in the chaperone episode. And it was just interesting. Like, why were those, you know, as the years go on, we found out like, oh, those weren't the songs that were originally in the show. Mm. So it was like, okay, well, where did they do an episode that had Midnight Train in it? And it was like, oh, well, they did this thing where it went into reruns on Saturday mornings from 1969 to 1973. And they actually put songs from like Monkeys Present and Changes into episodes. And it mm. was like, the, the, uh, most of those just, didn't show up anywhere later on, but they existed at one point. And then it, like a bit here and there would come out. There were the, there was the a couple that showed up in the MTV episodes. And then there was a laser disc box set from Japan Ooh. that had the first episode with apples, peaches, bananas, and pears. Wow. <laughs> and you're like, well, oh, that song was never even released. Right. It's like it made it into an episode. Uh, on and laser disc. Oh, on laser awesome. disc. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, so then it was like some of this info, there's another great website, the uh, monkeys film and TV vault, Aaron handy, the third, uh, he had listed like all these episodes with these alternate songs, but most people hadn't seen them. Cause they weren't like, you can't find them. So it's kind of like over the, I, I, there are some that have turned up. Uh, but there's some that just haven't been seen, whether somebody has audio recordings or video recordings uh, that they just don't know about or haven't found or didn't know there was anything different about them, you know? So I wanted to kind of put up a video to kind of like bring attention to that era of things and show that these videos uh, show that these episodes existed and then hopefully find some more of them At, at a point where you're like, you didn't really know about these, like Andrew Sandoval had actually, uh, been searching for a while and turned up some of those episodes on film prints mm. on 35 millimeter film. Wow. And he had had those scanned for the monkeys box set, the Blu-ray box set, and mm-hmm. they right. included the excerpts of a couple of them. But one of the things that came up there is that they didn't want to repeat like a song. It's like they wanted to, they could, they could budget to show like one example of a song that had been in one of those episodes, but not, uh, like everything that they had. So there was like, he had a print of Monkey's Maroon that had Do You Feel It Too in it. But they also had Your Friendly Neighborhood Kidnappers that had Do You Feel It Too and mm. uh, A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You that was left over from the Saturday morning. I'm sorry, for the 1967 version. Wow. So it was kind of like a two for one. They used that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so when you say didn't have the budget for it, are you talking like space on the disc or are you talking the music licensing? Music licensing. He okay. talked about this in a podcast about the time at the time that um, that they they would have to go and pay those mechanicals for the appearance of the song every single time they used it. Right. So it was like Rhino did. Rhino was kind of limited into like, well, we can't like do everything. You know, it was like, and they also just it would have been if they'd gone into the vaults at Sony and found more stuff, it would have had more time, more money because mm-hmm. you know Sony was Sony was like, we want the episodes that exist in their original versions, all nice and pristine that we can use it on television. And it was like, anything else was like extra. And it was like, they were like, we'll give you the access for the regular ones mm. for the regular versions. But they, it would, it's like, if you're going to go searching for other stuff, they would have had to pay more money and everything like that. Mm. So it, this is like some of the things I found out from interviews that Andrew's done and right and everything like that but so he was kind of unloading some of his stuff and i bought those prints from him and had them transferred so that i could see the other stuff that didn't make it as well as like the full the full contents because they were only going to do x they only did excerpts on the box set so like i have these these prints that 35 millimeter prints like that one like i said of monkeys uh monkeys maroon that has do you feel it too um, and it's just, it's interesting to look at these. A couple of them have like commercials from ABC in them. and stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That, that so kind that, of stuff is fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So uh, in that video that I put on YouTube, there's a couple of excerpts from those prints and some of the VHS stuff and, and just kind of talking about like, uh, that was like the main project that I, I worked on for quite a while to kind of get that done. Uh, that was like the big thing I wanted to put on there. And so now it's kind of like, I've got other ideas, but you know, like a, a lot of times, you know, like work gets in the way and, you know, oh, yeah. and then I, and also it's um, like I mentioned, it was uh, with Craig Smith, we're trying to do a discography book 
and analyze all the audio for the different versions that exist of the different songs because they've been mixed and remixed and they when they find new tapes they do new versions or they technology upgrades they can do um new sync synchronized versions kind of like they do with the beatles catalog where they um back in the on the early albums you know you had to do four track recording but Mm -hmm they would record on four tracks and they would bump it up to a new tape and mix it down so that like one right. or two tracks of the tape were a mix of something they recorded on four earlier. And in the later ones, like Andrew Sandoval has gone back and was able to take like those early four and mix them with the later tracks so that you have more options when you're mixing them and stuff like right. that. Yeah. So it's awesome. And that, and kind of like just Craig was like fascinated with the stuff like I was when I was, when I was a kid and he had started this mixography thing at one point. Um, and then he, he was doing it on Facebook and he would like pick a song and just put it out there and like, Hey, everybody, let's talk about like this song and like what the, what you hear in the different versions. And he would always laugh because I would go to crazy lengths. He, at one point <laughs> he put up daydream believer and he would be, <laughs> I was like trying to like say it was like, the difference in timing when the when they faded in the alarm clock sound and he just he was like Derek you're nuts like <laughs> but when he wanted to try to like write some stuff to go about this you know he wanted to put it in print you know yeah. it was natural that we kind of got together and started working yeah. on it so it's like it's been a long time coming and and we'll we'll we keep working on it you know it's this th- those things that just you know life gets in the way or oh, like yeah. as oh, yeah. John Lennon says all too well <laughs> yeah, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans, as John Lennon said. <laughs> right. So, with the missing episodes, yeah, you're saying there's there's probably some that are just in the Sony vault. It's possible. Okay. It's interesting because, like, uh, like one of the things that Andrew Sandoval has mentioned that when he went looking for all of the episode materials, like the only full 35 millimeter version of Michikojo, the Photoscaper that's in Sony's vaults is the one from the Saturday morning that has, Mm. I never thought it peculiar on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the version that they had in, in good quality, 35 millimeters. So they had to get the audio. I, 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 I'm not a hundred percent sure. I I think the transfer on like the VHS and the original DVD box sets was probably a 16 millimeter print, Mm. but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but. Okay. It it was definitely a different source than they used in the box set. But uh, as far as getting the right audio for the song, I'm not exactly sure. That was one of the other prints that Andrew has, but it's interesting that the, the version that he had in hand, that was the version that has, I, I never thought of peculiar. It's like got a splice out in it. Mm. So um, it's just part of that song is missing and part of the scene following it is missing. So it's wow. like, that's that, that's one of the, hazards of like collecting films from that long ago and like yeah. who, who had them and what did they use them for or did it get damaged and they had spliced something out or if you ever gone and watch like a old movie at the theater you know it's like there's certain things you never know if you're going to get like is the film going to look all red or are there pieces missing is it i once saw let it be like when i was very young they did a double feature at midnight that was like the beatles let it be and yellow submarine one of the one of the reels of yellow submarine was in german (laughs) and there was a section there was a section of let it be where the film was backwards (laughs) the audio was going reverse too wow (laughs) yeah i I go to a lot of like like actual film screenings whenever I can of, of old movies. And mm-hmm. like we went to 
a thing we like to go to a lot in here in Atlanta is called the Silver Scream Spook Show, mm-hmm. where they play old movies and they have a stage show along with it. But one one year they were playing, um, now I can't remember what movie it was, but it was a 3D film. And mm-hmm. I, they gave us the option. Do you want to watch the actual film, even though the 3D is pretty bad? Or do you want to watch a digital version? And we all voted for the film. And I think we all regretted it because the 3D <laughs> was so bad. You end up taking your glasses off and just watching it blurry because it was less headache inducing. But yeah. Yeah, oh those old prints. Yeah, you never know quite what you're going to get in those things. <laughs> I feel like I might have gone off on a tangent, though. Like what we were I, I was talking about the, the Mija Kojo episode and we, I forget exactly what you might have asked me about. <laughs> Okay, we got awesome information. That was the part. <laughs> I'm wondering too, like, so if someone's listening to this and they're, and they're hearing the story, like there's, you know, alternate versions of Monkeys episodes out there that might still be in existence with different songs mm-hmm. and we know what they are. Mm-hmm. Why not just put those songs on the episode now? What's the difference? Ah, see, some of them, we, now the thing about finding the originals that um, kind of, one of the things was that, that Andrew mentioned was that, Rhino kind of asked the same thing. So like, Mm. why can't we just put the song on the show, like from the record or whatever, but we don't know because we can't see it or how the audio went with the video. We Mm. don't know how they edited it or which mix it was. Uh, So like one of the interesting things um, when Andrew was researching um, for his latest version of his book, um, he was checking out some things and, uh, came and asked Craig and I some questions about things that we'd heard. And that's awesome. He <laughs> that was very, it was very flattering. It was, it was very nice. And just and we, of all coming to you for a monkey's question. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> but, but he wanted, he's like, he, he had had a version of midnight train on one of the box sets, one of the CD box sets. And it was thought to be the version for the episode that was the mono mix. And he was like, he found some documentation or some notes that made him question that. So he was asking, what is, is this version the same one that's in the episode? And so listening to it, you're like, oh, no, it's not. It's totally not. Uh, The version that's in the episode actually sounds different than the one on the CD. The one on the CD, I think, has a lot more reverb on it. Mm. Um, So I, I don't know if there's another tape in existence that he has, or no, I guess I shouldn't say he has them. They all belong to Rhino. So he actually has to go ask Rhino whenever he wants to listen to a tape. <laughs> um, but if, if there's a tape of that version or if they had just taken it from the album, it wouldn't be the same mix and it wouldn't. And it, and we also don't know like how they might've edited those things to fit time. If, um, if you're going to place the song back into the show. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but uh i think you 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 originally asked that i remember what you were asking you says is it possible some of this stuff is still in the sony vault mm. and sometimes it, it might be um but the ones that turned up in collector hands that andrew had found and had sold to me uh were prints from the saturday morning networks so like they had gone to abc or cbs and like then ended up in other people's hands or whatever mm. afterwards uh, so that's where those came from. And so it's like, it's a question of, did, did other people, uh, get them afterwards as well? Did they go to get into collector's hands and just, they don't know there's a difference. Um, but also some of these things, obviously from, like I said, that Japanese box set, because that was, that was what they had as materials to release those episodes in Japan. Some they had gotten it somehow. So it obviously came to them, uh, through 
official channels to be used somewhere. There's a couple of things that people have said have turned up in the UK. They know that they've heard it in the UK, but um, we haven't gotten any quality recordings or anything. But Mm. there's one of those episodes with like, uh, listen to the band was supposedly aired in the UK as late as the 80s. Mm. But haven't got a recording of it from anybody, uh, video or audio. Mm. Uh, but it, 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 it's at least two or three people. It's interesting that uh, the early 70s, they were using the tape recorders at home to record just the audio off the speaker of the television. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and that has actually turned up a couple of things that we hadn't heard before. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It was uh, someone found these recordings and sent them in to us. And it was uh, the Prince and the Poppers with 99 pounds. <laughs> okay. And... <laughs> And, and the <laughs> wild <laughs> monkeys. Yeah. I like, was like, wow. Oh, yeah, no, I know. No. It's like, I <laughs> rejected. <laughs> uh, and uh, looking for the good times on the wild monkeys, where okay. they taken out star collector and use looking for the good times instead. Yeah. And it's like, you, you, when you hear them, it's like, it's also like, you could tell that they had to be edited. So it's like looking for the good times has parts repeated and mm. everything like that. So if they had just wanted to like, go to the record you'd find out like oh well this song doesn't match like how did it sound when it came out and you could fake it and say like mm. oh here's what it's here's what it could have been right but without a source of the original you never know like how they edited the song or anything like yeah. that wow. okay so so if, if most folks who hear this don't have a private 35 millimeter film collection <laughs> but you're saying that if, if even if they've just recorded it off tv or recorded it on audio off of tv that that's useful as well Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, because it, it's, it's to, to identify the version. Like, I mean, the, it was somebody putting a microphone up to a TV, mm-hmm. but we still could identify, I could still identify that the version of 99 pounds with some fair confidence is the same one that's on the album changes hmm. and that looking for the good times matches the version that uh, was a mix, a mono mix that, Andrew Sandoval included in one of the box sets. So we okay. know that the audio with, with a fair degree of certainty in my mind, I, the sources for those. And then that could, if, if anyone were to try and recreate what it was, if they can't find the actual final print or, uh, or video recording of any of those, you could, you could try to make a, a facsimile of it. Hmm. That's okay. with the right editing and everything like that. Because yeah. I, it, I mean, there are people who probably would be like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll watch a video that's overdubbed with this home recording where the dog barks in the middle of it." But, <laughs> but I, I, but of course, you wouldn't want to commercially release that. And and no. and that's another point. Also, is I like one of the at this point in time, I don't think there's there's going to be a commercial market for any of this stuff right. for these versions. So it's it's kind of like something that what we find out is kind of just interesting information for diehards it that it will i don't think anyone's ever going to find a market for it in real life like mm. sony will never and rhino will never put out another release that includes more of this material from the saturday morning uh versions of the episodes because mm. they so, just couldn't justify I mean, even it. if they put it out like um like a one-off like a the Saturday morning edits, you know, like with alternate versions of the episodes, do you think there'd be any market for that? Or do you think it's, that's just not probably going to happen? No, I, I, I think that would be really hard for the, to convince them that there's yeah. any, because also like the, the, because they 
don't know where to find these the same way that we don't know where to find them. Cause it's right. like, I'm picking up on from some of the things that Andrew already had done where over the course of years, he had written to people and done work to try to find these 35 millimeter prints that he had and ended up with uh, eight of them. Hmm. Uh, um, so kind of trying to find more of them, you know, to even do a product, you'd have to find more of them and then you'd have to spend money and the transfers and, and the, it, it, it did just, I don't think they, Mainly just because of the cost involved. Like right. it's not even a limited product. I don't think would be justified because yeah. everybody got upset about the cost of the Blu-ray set mm-hmm. when it originally came out. They're like, wow, that's like really expensive. Right. Um, so that's just an indicator right there of like, it, it, you're going to do another release of like a, like a more specialty kind of like <laughs> narrow know. product. It, it's, it's probably there. Nobody's going to be able to convince them to do it. I, I, right. I, I it's, anything is possible down the line, but I mean, also it's getting, you know, as the years go on, I, I don't know how Seems much less and less likely that it'll oh, sure. happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right now we can't get like a, a version of the monkeys on Blu-ray at Walmart or DVD or like on a streaming site. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that nobody has gone into streaming on it. I'm not, I, I assume there must be something about the music that. Oh, I'm sure. Has... Just like Muppet Babies. <laughs> yeah, like I mean... Muppet Babies. Oh, yeah. Exactly the same situation. Because <laughs> all the film clips they used that mm-hmm. obviously in the 80s, they weren't licensing for streaming. Or even reruns that much. Yeah. <laughs> they tried. I mean, it was the monkey was on Tubi for like one day before it got taken down. <laughs> so I, I don't know how, I don't know what happened there. But, yeah, that's an, whatever happened. I did hear something about that. That's yeah. an interesting story. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what's happened there. That would be fun to find out. Yeah, I, I hope that they find a way to get the show out where more people can watch it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is sort of tangential to what you were talking about. But I mean, in order to build people's enthusiasm for the show and love of the show and new fans, you got to be able to see it. Yeah. I mean, I mean a perfect example of that Doctor Who. Um, yeah. It got popular in America when it was on Netflix. Yeah. Everyone and the popularity it. in America went down when it went off Netflix. Yeah. It's hard to tell someone like, hey, you should watch this show. <laughs> I mean, it's only available in an out of print $200 Blu-ray set. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. 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 You know. like, I'm surprised they didn't also at the same time do a basic DVD box set of season one and a DVD box well, of season two. And because like everyone would buy that each. and they want they needed you to buy the more expensive one. I'm okay, well, now that... everyone that wants the more expensive one has got it. <laughs> True. <laughs> now they need and they already have the they already have the recordings of it. I don't understand why it would be so much more money to make the DVDs and sell them each season for like 20 bucks because that's well, it wouldn't sell each season for 20 bucks. The, the problem is <laughs> that they're having to pay licensing all these songs. And yeah, yeah. those clearances weren't, they didn't get those clearances in the 60s for home video when the show was made because there was no such thing as home video at that time, you know, aside right. from like Castle Films. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if they would find a solution. I know like like Batman, the 66 Batman didn't come out of home video for a long time and there was mm-hmm. no mer- merchandising because the rights were all spread around. Yeah. And it took someone going around and like buying all the individual rights from everybody who owned a little piece and then selling it all back so that someone could actually own it. And all of a sudden we got, you know, the floodgates opened on Blu-rays mm-hmm. and DVDs and merchandising for Batman 66. And mm-hmm. I don't, this is a different situation with the monkeys because of the, the music clearances yeah but i would love it if they could find a solution and just just get it out there where people can can watch the show yeah I, i'm not really sure like what the store what the status is on like the blu-rays because i mean sorry the v the dvds mm-hmm. because they did they put out dvds originally mm-hmm. in i i can't remember what year 
must have been like the early 2000s. Early 2000s, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they did two sets, like a, a season one and a season two. And those went out of print. They were specialty packaging. They look like a fold open record player. Right. I have, I have that set. Yeah. And uh, then they they sublicensed it to another company later on to do like a very kind of like just a basic. Yeah. It was the discs in a basic case, you know, nothing fancy about it. And those were available for a little while, but then I I don't know why that's not a possibility again. I mean, maybe, maybe it's just out of the cost range for somebody or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's, it's always interesting. You know, like I think one thing about the monkeys is that uh, they're, they're always the underdog. In, mm-hmm. And I think that's what fans really like about it. It's it's like they feel like they kind of identify with it too. That it's like you you may spend a lot of time talking to people who really love the monkeys, but then someone will come along and they're like, um, you know, they don't oh, play their own they, instruments. Ex- exactly. You know, they, 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 yes, that story exactly. They, they don't play their own instruments, or like uh, like uh, oh, the monkeys, like huh, whatever. You know, it's like. So there's always like, I think some questions, you know, especially like as the years go on and the turnover at Rhino that like in the nineties, Rhino was like the big pop culture reissue company. Mm-hmm. And they, they bought those rights for the monkeys material, but like all the turnover, all these years later and all the people who work there now, like they're, they're younger and they're like, what, what does anyone care about this? Like, what do we know? <laughs> Who knows what, what about the monkeys, you know, but I mean, it's still, and even like, you know, you, you, you guys, you know, you talked about how you got, you got uh, into the monkeys from good times mm-hmm. and the person who spearheaded their project's not there anymore. You right. Know, like, yeah. John Hughes isn't at the, is it Rhino anymore. Right. Andrew Sandoval worked there at one point, but I mean, he's not worked there in a long time mm-hmm. and they, they could do monkeys things ad nauseum without even asking because <laughs> they own it. Uh, so it's always like a thing. It's like it's a nicety that they would want him involved, but they they could do whatever they want without him. And you know, like, I, you know, the the tapes that they have will probably sit in a vault unless they figure out something to do with them. I don't know if they would ever sell them, but I don't know who would <laughs> who would be able to like buy and store a collection of original audio for the monkeys. And then you know, like in conjunction with what we're talking about, like. They have the right to do home video releases of the shows, but they don't own any of the materials. Right. They own the, they own the original audio recordings, but they don't own the films or the sources for the films. Mm. Or even the, I don't even think they own the audio tracks that are on the films. They own wow. the right to do the to distribution do it right. Wow. (laughs) Theatrical and home video, not television. So it's like, that's where Sony does their own thing and they decide who shows it on television. And Mm. maybe that's like the streaming thing. I don't know if there's like a, there's not a certainty about who owns that right or whatever, but right. Yeah. (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. Well, I've noticed like, you know, all the other shows you can see in reruns, like, you know, like they used to do with Nick at night. You can always mm-hmm. find the Brady Bunch showing on some TV station channel somewhere. And, and the monkeys don't get played mm-hmm. that often. And when they do, it's on those weird little antenna channels, like mm-hmm. Wii TV or whatever that I don't have because I don't have antenna. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's hard to find it even to just watch an episode. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. don't even I don't even know, like on Pluto TV, I don't even know if it's on Pluto TV and everything is on Pluto. <laughs> I mean, Doctor Who is on Pluto. There's a whole channel for it. So, I mean, not 
if they could figure out a way to do that, that would be cool. Yeah. I wonder if like the, the reruns are like less, less lucrative if it's also on streaming, like if these little channels are less likely to pay for rerun rights when people can just stream it on Tubi or, or wherever or on Netflix or whatever the case may be. I wonder if that might have something to do with it. I, I don't know. I'm just sort of speculating. This is, um, yeah, it's was fascinating. It, was it the decades channel? I recently had read that the monkeys is coming back to, uh, I know it was one of those old channels or old channels, but the channels that play <laughs> old TV shows that yeah. the, the monkeys was going to be back on it again. Does anybody remember that? I, I'm not sure. Okay. It was one. I did see something that, yeah. like for the summer, brand new for the summer, but again, right. it's one of those that not everybody gets and it, sure. or, or it may be one you can get if you have the antenna thing, or I don't know. So not a lot of people are going to get to see it. Yeah. yeah, there's too much to watch. Yeah, there's too much to watch. There's a lot to watch. <laughs> but it's 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 always interesting because it it, it it kind of bounces around. Like you know, there was a time when the IFC network on cable uh, was running the monkeys. Mm. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think they still run Hogan's Heroes. But uh, wow, it, it's like an, you know, like me TV decades of antenna television. You know, mm-hmm. they kind of it bounces around and they do it for a little while and they. Um, and then it disappears again. And I, I don't know if they, it's one of those things It might be on that cusp of like enough people watching it for a while. And then it kind of goes down. I worked in the early or sorry. Yeah. Early two thousands, uh, mid two thousands. There was a, there's a network called ION right now mm. that used to be, uh, it was in transition in the mid nine in the mid two thousands. And, uh, they were calling it I independent television. They were trying to find an identity mm. and put stuff on and they tried some different stuff. They ran a little bit of the Partridge family and a little bit of monkeys, but I think it only lasted for like six to eight months, you know, at okay. the most. Mm. And then yeah. it just kind of like went away again. But it was interesting to actually worked somewhere where they were putting the monkeys on TV. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you do professionally? Uh, I work for, I work in television. I work at, um, Scripps networks. Uh, and that's what I, the network ION used to be a company in Florida that they would broadcast out of there. And so I came up to Atlanta when Scripps came in and, and brought in, uh, ION into their fold. So, uh, I always been kind of like a video technician person, a little bit of editing, a little bit of tech technical uh, maintenance, you know, um, engineering all that kind of stuff okay uh so worked in worked in a television network since uh, i got out of college yeah that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like an awesome job it can be it's interesting you know there's 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 some interesting stuff that happens you know it's always a challenge (laughs) it's interesting now i'm actually working like where i work right now they have um uh, the scripts network has two live networks court tv and newsy uh, and they are they are out of Atlanta, and uh, w- the even though I worked for this Ion company for years, um, they didn't do live news or live broadcasts or anything like that. So like after all these years, like I'm now working in an environment where they actually have live to air television. Like wow. it's, it's getting broadcast out of a studio, and they have hosts, and they are playing back things live. And so there's a whole uh, range of technical things to deal with. You know, for your tech. Uh, technical troubleshooting when something isn't going right it's it's a little more uh a, a little a, a little more uh intense you, you no know, it's the thing it's like time sensitive but i was oh. trying to think it's like yeah. uh <laughs> forgetting the right word for it but you know like you got to get you got to take care of it right away <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> 
So you're you're talking about upcoming episodes for Cutout, Ben. Do you have anything to tease or is it too early for that? I don't really have anything to tease for Cutout, Ben. There's a couple of interesting things coming up, though, that um, uh, one thing this is should be coming out on. It's been mentioned online, but I think there should be actually an announcement with ticket availability. But uh, someone who knew about the films that I've been working with uh, wanted to try to work out a way to screen something mm. from them. And uh, this is the Mahoning Drive-In Theater. Uh, it's in Layton, Pennsylvania. And they're going to do on August 14th, the Sunday night, they're going to have a monkey's night. And they have contacted Rhino for the print of head that Rhino has. So they're going to show the movie head on 35 millimeter print. Wow. And uh, one or a couple of these 35 millimeter episodes of the monkeys, like he's trying to decide what he wants to show mm. from the collection that I have. Uh, and then he has, a, I think, a print of uh, card carrying red shoes from another collector that he knows up there in Pennsylvania, which it's interesting. It's it, it, that doesn't have any differences in it, but it's still, it's still a 35 millimeter print of a monkey's episode. So fascinating to kind of just see that projected on a yeah. screen, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's something different about watching actual film. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Like we go to, we, we, we well, when I say we used to perform at a lot of conventions, that's sort of died off with the pandemic. We haven't got back into it yet, but we, we spent a lot of time performing at little conventions around the Southeast mm -hmm. and they all have video rooms and a lot of them play DVDs and Blu-rays, but there's one convention Monsterama that has a 16 millimeter video room and uh -huh. everything they play is in film. And it's just a, it's just a different, just a different feel to it. Watching mm -hmm. something on film, as opposed to just watching a digital presentation to me. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, I don't know. There's something, there's something special about it. So that's, that's, a, you said that's in Pennsylvania. Yeah, Layton, okay. Pennsylvania, the Mahoning Drive-In Theater. Okay. Nice. Awesome. August 35 14th. millimeter at a drive-in. That sounds right <laughs> up our alley. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know that I, uh, well, one, because it's going to use the... I am providing at least one print from this collection that I have. I'm going to make the road trip up there. Uh, but I, I, you know, that's obviously it, it, somebody listening to you might be in like in that neighborhood. So it'll be easier to do, yeah. but uh, you know, it's, I, I don't know if you guys make that <laughs> road trip, but uh, that's coming up. Yeah. You said it's late in Pennsylvania, Layton, Pennsylvania. Okay. And then what is the date? Uh, Sunday, August 14th. Okay. Our one listener in Layton, Pennsylvania was like, what? Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my episode. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll, as that, I think they were getting ready to actually put it up on their website. Hopefully, you know, I'll, maybe I'll do a video for uh, cut out bin that will uh, advertise that just so it could kind of just get the word out. So people will know about it, you know, yeah. and then one of the videos I had done on there, I, I kind of like, before I got the video out for the, the television episodes thing that mm -hmm. I've been working on, like I, I decided to kind of like jump the early and put out a video advertising Mickey's tour uh, mm -hmm. because I had been talking, I had, I'd heard from Andrew that he was like, the, like the sales hadn't been what he'd hoped. Mm. Uh, so, and I was like, well, I'm going to put out a video and try to just convince people they should go to this tour. You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's like, I know you guys were like all in from the beginning, like we're yes. going, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. It was funny when we got back, one of your posts came across the Zilch Facebook group with the monkey. And I was like, Hey, I know that monkey. <laughs> I met that monkey when I was in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Thank you. Well, if anyone's not seen uh, the cutout bin videos, check it out. It's worth it just to see 
the little set and the, the monkey has little costumes. He's got a little uh, poncho that looks just like uh, Mickey's poncho. He's got a little Nez hat. Uh, it's <laughs> little posters on the wall. It's like a, there's a head poster. Like it's, it's delightful. So yes. I definitely go over to YouTube and check that out. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, and here's the, one interesting thing about that. I'll tell you that um, uh, when I was talking to like, as I mentioned, my friend Craig, uh, he, I sent him some like work in progress cut clips and stuff like that to look. And he was like showing them to other people that he worked with. And like, he said that nobody knew it was a miniature set. Like <laughs> <laughs> monkeys humongous. He, that's what I said. I was like, how big do you think that monkey is? <laughs> like, what do you think? I have like a life-size monkey. Puppet? Like I, I, he was, he was like watching my video and he was like, he's like, why does that record player look funny? Like, why does it, that record player looks like it's a slab of concrete? It's like, it's a, it's a dollhouse size, Greg. <laughs> Where do you get that cool modern record player? <laughs> I want one of those. <laughs> oh, that's, so that's thank awesome. you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and if people are looking for that, um, if you go to YouTube, uh, my channel's cut out bin. It's like cut out being one word and bin being a separate word. I noticed I tried this earlier before I was going to tell everybody about it just to see like, if you just type cut out bin, uh, some other things will come up. Like I noticed so somebody has a lot of videos reviewing like CDs from the cut out bin, which is kind of like the idea of where I got the name right? to kind of like point out things that like not everybody knows about, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, if you want the videos that I'm doing to find the channel specifically, cut out one word and then bin is a separate word. And if you put cut out bin monkeys, it would definitely come up then. <laughs> yeah. I found it earlier. I found the same thing when I was looking for it. And I was like, did I get the name of his thing wrong? Um, <laughs> but I, I searched for uh, monkeys lost episodes and it took me right to it. Mm -hmm. So um, that, that episode seems to have caught people's attention. That, yeah. that episode, yeah. your episode has been blowing up. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. seen it come across my feed several times from different people. Oh, cool. Yeah. So Very nice. Yeah. Congratulations on that. That's, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's still a couple of leads to follow up on, but hopefully maybe like might find some other things. You know, some people have mentioned they recorded things. Um, I think most of what I've heard about is stuff that was recorded from like the syndicated run from the late 70s or early 80s. Mm. But there's always a possibility like we've had two or three people, like I said, who actually recorded during that ABC CBS time when they were running episodes there. And uh, so hopefully more people know about that. And I mean, I really want to get I want to hear from people in other countries. I'm not exactly sure how to get the word out to people in those other, in other places, you know, cause we don't know what they showed in for mm. all the episodes in England or Japan or whatever, mm -hmm. as the years went on. So yeah. there's always that possibility. And yeah. if people have VHS recordings from those countries. It's like, I'll find a way to recruit, to, to, <laughs> to, to convert them, you know, whatever has to happen, you know, we want to try to get as, as find out as, uh, as complete, an audio record or video record of what these episodes were like. That's the goal. Awesome. So Derek, where can people find more of you on the internet? Uh, yeah, as we've talked about the, uh, the cutout bin channel on YouTube and then also uh, the mixing links project that I'm working on with Craig Smith. We're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash mixing links. M I X I N G L I N K S mixing links. How about you, Elaine? Um, I can be found on Twitter at monkeying around and we have a Facebook group monkeying around. Awesome. 
Yeah. <laughs> and you keep that full of information. Yeah. Every, every time yes. I get every time I get on Twitter, there's like six <laughs> posts I'm behind. I have to go read them all. <laughs> I'm trying to keep people entertained. That's all you're, I'm trying to do. Great yeah. job. Awesome. Yeah. So, song of the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I didn't get to do one last night. We were out too late. So. <laughs> <laughs> And how about us, Chuck? Earth Station Trek, our podcast about Star Trek. And? FeltNerdy.com. Yeah, where we do puppet shows, which also includes a puppet Nez. Mm -hmm. So uh, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Sure. Sure. MySpace. There might be something there. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt we're on MySpace. I don't don't, don't think we're on MySpace. We should be. We'll we'll fix that. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't MySpace just music now? I don't know what they are. All right, everybody. Thanks for monkeying around. Thanks for monkeying around with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. I wouldn't be too happy about that. That'll be bad. But we won't. Die.